Welcome back to a brand new episode of Viewia. I'm really excited to share this one with you. The goal is in this episode to share in less than 10 minutes, that's always the goal, um, a small part of what we've been exploring in church on a Sunday. Only a small part because we've been doing this over the last couple of weeks. We've been digging into, into some of church history and specifically this week, God had me looking at the way that Greek philosophy has impacted our Western church tradition. Why is that important? Because there's three words that you and I are going to explore today and those three words are omnipotent, omniscient and omnipresent. And yes, I did have to look at my notes because otherwise I get my words <laughs> all in a pickle. Those three words, I don't know about you, but I grew up with those words. Oh, whenever there was a cry, oh yes, but God is God is omniscient and, and we can't question it. And it was held up as these big, powerful things that made God feel far, far, far over there, as opposed to a God who is in relationship with us. And actually, as we explored on Sunday, those that picture of God isn't how God reveals himself in the Bible. And that's the little bit we're going to look at today. But the whole the whole um, thinking behind it and the explanation as to how we've got to that point, church history, Greek philosophy, all of that kind of thing, is outside the scope of this episode. What I would say is if it's something that you're interested in and you'd like us to explore it more, let me know. We can perhaps do some teaching around that in the playground, which is my housekeeping note reminder as well. If you're watching this or listening and you're not a member of the playground, you can of course join us. Itchysoul.co is where you find out more and do that. However, let's get straight on with, it with these three words. Let's do the first one. I have got to have used my notes today um, because it's got the Bible verses as well. The first one we're going to look at is omnipotent. So God is all powerful. Now, I should add the caveat from the get go. I am not for one minute suggesting that God isn't all powerful or isn't all knowing or isn't everywhere. He is. However, what I'm going to suggest to you is that is not how he wants to be known and how he wants to be represented and how he wants us to consider him. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. Have it open there on my iPad. This is um, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the almighty one. Obey me and always do what is right. Now, in some translations, it says, I am the Lord. I am the omnipotent one. We don't have it in our English translations, but the name God gives himself there. That piece that's translated as the omnipotent one is actually El Shaddai, which does mean God, the all-powerful one. However, there's a big difference. The word omnipotent, if you were to translate that, if you have the Greek word, the Greek language is all about abstract con concepts, all-powerful God, all, you know, these things that are out here somewhere. By contrast, the Hebrew language is about relating one aspect of something to another. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is instead of God saying, wow, I am God, I am powerful, look how amazing I am. What he's actually saying by calling himself El Shaddai is, I am God, I am powerful in my love for you. Now, can you feel how different that is? I am God, I am powerful versus I am God and I am powerful in my love for you. Whoa. And as I, as I mentioned this on Sunday, it, it, the thought popped in my head uh, and it wasn't in my notes. I was like, oh, thank you, God. That's amazing. That it's no small coincidence that God revealed himself, first of all, through the Hebrew Bible, through the Hebrew language, that language that is relational. So if he'd revealed himself in the Old Testament immediately through Greek, and I know, of course, the Hebrew was translated into Greek, etc., etc. But the original um, 
inspiration, the original words, were in a language that's all about relationship. So yes, God is all powerful. And that doesn't detract from that for a moment, doesn't detract from his power. We know he's powerful. He spoke the world into existence. But that's not how he wants you to focus on him or how he wants to reveal himself to you. He's revealing himself as all powerful in his love for you. We've got two more to look at though, calling these the omnis, because depending on what church tradition you grew up in, maybe you didn't come across these, but they were words that were bandied around an awful lot when I was a kid. So omnipresent, this this idea of God being everywhere. Now our Bible verse for this is uh, Psalm 139. We're going to go from verse 1, but it's verse 7 and 8 we're going to, we're going to um, go to. Lord, you've examined me and you know me. You know everything I do. From far away you understand all my thoughts. You see me, whether I'm working or resting. You know all my actions. Even before I speak, you already know what I will say. You are all around me on every side. You protect me with your power. Your knowledge of me is too deep. It is beyond my understanding. And in verse 7 and 8 are the key ones for the purposes of what we're talking about today. Where could I go to escape from you? Where could I get away from your presence? If I went up to heaven, you would be there. If I lay down in the world of the dead, you would be there. So God is everywhere. And yet, when I was sort of given this this picture of God as God is everywhere, it was suggested and, and portrayed in a, in a way that was meant to feel intimidating. And I'm, I'm sure the people that did that didn't do it on purpose, but that was the picture they had of God. However, what is clear from those verses, God is saying, yeah, I am everywhere. I, I am all around you. I am with you always. I will never leave you. It's about that nurturing, that caring, that protecting. It gives a very different picture of God to this idea of God being everywhere. You cannot escape him. <laughs> Why would you want to? He's saying, I don't, you don't need to escape from me. I am here treasuring you, loving on you, powerful in my love for you. The last one we have is uh, um, from, where are we? Matthew 29. This is omniscient. This is the one where he knows everything, all-knowing. I'm actually not going to turn to it. You can turn to it yourself. I'm going to save us a moment because I'm going to try and keep this one um, nice and succinct. But this idea that God knows everything, and we read it in, in Psalm 139 as well. But the, the Matthew talk where um, Jesus says, aren't two sparrows not sold for a penny and yet not one of them will fall to the ground without your heavenly father knowing similarly all the hairs in your head are numbered we have a giggle about this in church particularly my dad is there because he is morphologically challenged <laughs> so we always look at him and wink um, but doesn't matter whether you've got a lot of hairs on your head or just a few yep i thought i got the wrong, wrong the wrong way around then however many however many hairs you had on your head god knows them they are numbered the point is god knows everything but it's not about God going, knowing everything, nothing ever catching him by surprise in, a, in an intimidating way. Instead, it's about God going, yes, I know everything and I am caring for you. I am interested in every single aspect of your life. If we had more time, and like I say, perhaps we'll do this in the playground in the future, we'd actually have a little look. And I would encourage you to do this. You can do some internet research. Or I'll share you my notes from Sunday, alternatively. Uh, but I would encourage you to do research around the way that the Greek philosophers, particularly Plato, Aristotle, um, and another dude beginning with P whose name, Plotinus, forgot his name for a sec there, the dude. He's not as well known, at least he's not as well known in my head. Um, but um, one of the, the 
outside of Paul, I guess, one of the biggest theologians in the early church, um, St. Augustine. We call him St. Augustine because the Roman Catholic Church, they sainted him. He was really like established and well-respected, etc., etc. But there's a problem. Plotinus um, was a massive, in particular, but Plotinus studied, he was Neoplato, so he studied Plato's um, works. And if you do a little bit of research, if you feel so inclined, do a little bit of research into the picture of God that Plato, Aristotle and Plotinus had. It was all about God far away, distant, unknowable, unreachable, all-powerful, untouchable. And that isn't the God of the Hebrew Bible. This isn't the God of our Bible. So much so that St. Augustine, when he read the Bible, he couldn't. He rejected it initially. He was like, this isn't God, this is ridiculous, I can't love that God, because he was so attached to the idea of God being um, all-powerful, timeless, over there somewhere. It wasn't until another dude, again, whose name I've forgotten, it wasn't until another guy, he was the Bishop of Milan, Ambrose, I remember, thank you God, uh, the Bishop of Milan, who was also studying under Greek, uh, the Greek philosophers, said to, uh, to Augustine, don't worry about it, those bits in the Bible where you read of God changing his mind, or being influenced by humans, the famous one, of course, is um, Abraham, who said, oh, look, would you really destroy the whole the whole of Sodom and Gomorrah because of five people, ten people? He bargained with God. St. Augustine hated that. He said, don't worry about it. It's just a figure of speech. And as soon as they he adapted and adopted this idea of those bits of the Bible being a figure of speech, he was fine. He became massively influential and had a huge impact on the way that we actually see God in the Western church. Like I say, more, we can dig into this more again, but the piece I want to li- leave you with is that all-powerful one. That's the one that God blew me away with. God says, I am all-powerful in my love for you. Yes, he's all-powerful. He's all-powerful in his love for you. 